0: What can you do that's uncommon? It's easy to do what everybody else is doing, but what can you do that's uncommon? Of the word, brother, need the and now for Uncommon Favor Part Four. Thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. <clears throat> We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com or social media. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful delight and joy to have you to tune in and join us. Well, we'd like to share just a little humor, and this is actually courtesy of Clayton and Natasha. They gave me this joke a couple of weeks ago, so I put it in my stash. (laughs) You have to always have a joke stash. (laughs) (laughs) And it reads, it says, As a singer, I sing at many funerals. And I was recently asked by a funeral director to sing at a graveside service for a homeless man. He had no family or friends, so the service was to be at Pauper's Cemetery out near Lindale. And as I was not familiar with the area, I got lost. Anyway, I finally arrived an hour late and saw that the funeral director had evidently gone and the hearse was now nowhere in sight. And there were only the diggers and crew left and they were eating lunch. I felt bad and apologized to the guys for being late. I went to the side of the grave and looked down and the vault lid was already in place I didn't know what else to do, so I started to sing. The workers put down their lunch and began to gather around. I sang my heart and soul out for this man with no family and friends. And as I sang Amazing Grace, the spirit began to move and the workers began to weep. They wept, I wept, we all wept together. And when I finished, I prayed a benediction and started for my car. My head hung low, but my heart so full. And as I opened the door to my car, I overheard one of the workers say, I've never seen anything like this before, and I've been putting in septic tanks for 20 years. (laughs) 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 Praise God. Well, we're doing part four, part four of Uncommon Favor. As you know, we're studying the book of Daniel in this series, it's a fascinating book, and I just pray that there's something that we can glean from the life of Daniel and his three friends, these three young men. And I just pray that we absorb something, that we glean something from their life, that there's something from their life would be transposed into our lives. That, And I believe that's the Holy Spirit's intention is for us to gain the same things that they had in their life that we can gain those things in our lives it's a picture of God's people and how God's people are supposed to be the head not the tail and have uncommon favor and so this is a picture of us as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and it's the uncommon favor that God released into the life of Daniel and these young men. And it's that same favor that has been released into our lives because of Christ Jesus. And so we're able to apply these principles. We're able uh, for this spirit of favor, this favor, this gracious favor to rub off on us even as we share and study the book of Daniel. So today is part four. We left off talking about how in Daniel chapter 1, how God had given these young men unusual wisdom. He had given them unusual wisdom and learning and understanding. And we said that when you need wisdom, you should do these four things. You should pray, you should think, you should research, You should be counseled. Say that with me. You should pray. You should think. You should research. And you should be counseled. When you need wisdom, you should do those four things pray, think, research, be counseled. Pray, you ask God to lead you, you ask God for wisdom, you think, God has given you a brain. You're smart, you're intelligent, use it. It's not just paperweight on top of your shoulders. God has given it to you. He's given it to you for a reason. You pray, you think, you research. The Bible says seek wisdom. Go after wisdom. Search for her as hidden treasure. And so we seek, you research, investigate, ask questions, look, research, and then seek counsel. Seek counsel. Be around wise people. So those are four things. Those are four things that we can do to increase wisdom in our lives. And when you begin to gather wisdom nuggets in life, write those nuggets down. Create a wisdom journal. Write them down. Pass them to your children. These are wisdom gems. These are wisdom gems. You should leave your children a legacy of wisdom leave your children a legacy of the principles that you have taught them uh, the training and the example that you live before them so you leave your children a legacy of wisdom leave them a legacy of wisdom you should leave your kids a legacy of wealth a legacy of wealth you should leave them some material wealth but even more than just material wealth you should leave them Wealth of wisdom, a wealth of character, a wealth of values. You leave your kids a legacy of wisdom, a legacy of wealth. You should leave your kids a legacy of worth when you give them time and attention and affection and love and you affirm them and you invest in them. That's leaving them a legacy of worth, a legacy of worth. This gentleman said, he says, when I was a child, my mother said to me, if you become a soldier, you will be a general. If you become a monk, you will end up as the Pope. Instead, I became a painter and wound up Picasso. Well, that's because his mother invested. She affirmed him. She gave him a legacy of worth, a legacy of worth. So give your kids a legacy of wisdom, a legacy of wealth, a legacy of worth. And also give your kids a legacy of worship, a legacy of worship. That's your faith. You pass your faith down to your kids. Timothy received a legacy of faith from his mother. Eunice and his grandmother Lois. There was a legacy of faith that was passed down to Timothy. And so you should give your kids a legacy of wisdom, a legacy of wealth, a legacy of worth, and a legacy of worship. This legacy of worship, this legacy of faith, David had it in his life so much so that he passed it down to Solomon. So, Much of what was in Solomon's life was a result of what was in his father David's life, and it was passed down. That legacy of faith was passed down. Also, in this account that we are studying in this series, Daniel and Hananiah and Azariah and Mishael, these four young men, they had received a legacy of faith, and you can tell it was passed down from their parents. I've heard a lot of people talk about Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, but I've never heard anybody talk about the three Hebrew boys and Daniel's parents. They had parents. Of course they had parents. These were young men. These men were well-trained. They were top-notch. Of course they had a legacy of faith. They had a legacy of worth. They had a legacy of wisdom. They had a legacy of wealth that had been passed. They had top-notch parents. And so there's a message in the book of Daniel about parenting. We see the results in these four young men, but nobody talks about their parents. And I guarantee you, there was a legacy passed down to these young men because they had outstanding parents. They had outstanding parents. That inspires us to leave a legacy of something into our children a legacy of wisdom and worth and worship and wealth into our kids. And we see this here in the book of Daniel. These men were outstanding because they had outstanding parents that had given them a, a legacy. They had passed something down to them so that lets us know what we should do for our children. And then we see here that in verse, this is Daniel chapter 1. One verse 19 and 20, it says, And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Notice those words. There were none found like them. None found like them. It means that they were uncommon. We're talking about uncommon favor. These men were uncommon. That speaks to us. That speaks to us. You know, the message that speaks to us is don't be like the crowd. Don't be like the crowd. You have to move against the crowd. Notice, there were none like them. There were none like them. They weren't like anybody else. You have to be opposite the crowd. You have to be different than the crowd. That's the message the Holy Spirit speaks to us in this account. There were none like them. They were different from everyone else. They were different from the crowd. They were different from the crowd. Don't be like the crowd. What can you do that's uncommon? What can you do That's uncommon. It's easy to do what everybody else is doing, but what can you do that's uncommon? What can you do that's uncommon? You'd be surprised how people who did uncommon things are the people who got the attention of God. It was the people who did uncommon things. They are the ones who stood out in the crowd because they did something uncommon. You remember Zacchaeus? The Bible says he ran before the crowd he did something that was uncommon. He was thinking ahead. He didn't wait around with the crowd. He was already planning. He was already planning where Jesus would be. He did something that was against the crowd. The crowd was way back. Zacchaeus ran ahead of the crowd. Zacchaeus was a leader. Leaders know the way. Leaders show the way. Leaders go the way. What can you do that's uncommon? Then he climbed a tree. He was certainly uncommon. He got above the crowd he got above the crowd and so you'll find figures in scriptures stand out when they do something uncommon against the crowd you remember they brought the paralytic man to the house they couldn't get in because of the crowd they did something uncommon that nobody else in the crowd was willing to do and so it was these people who did something uncommon that always got the attention of god what can you do that's uncommon? What can you do to move against the crowd? You got to move against the crowd. Move against the crowd. If you want to win in life, move against the crowd. You know if you want to go to dinner, you don't want to wait an hour for a table. The crowd goes at 7. We all know the crowd goes at 7 p.m. So if you want to go without a wait, go at 4. <laughs> go at 5. You got to beat the crowd. You got to beat the crowd. There's no waiting at 4. There's no waiting at 5. You got to move against the crowd. Everybody shows up at dinner at 7, and now it's an hour wait. But what have you got there for? You, you beat the crowd. Buy your summer clothes in the winter. That's when they're slashed in half. Buy your winter clothes in the summer. You have to move opposite the crowd. You move opposite the crowd. It's the uncommon when you're doing something that no one else is doing. That's what sets you apart. Even Warren Buffett in the field of investing, he always says when everybody else is scared, and selling, that's when you should be buying. And when everybody else is buying, that's when you should be selling. You got to move against the crowd, move against the crowd. And we get that We get that account way back here in Scripture. No one else were like these young men. Nobody else was like them. They were uncommon. They stood out. They were peculiar. The Bible says we are peculiar people. We're not like the world. We're not like everyone else. What can you do that is uncommon? What can you do that's uncommon? We've often heard the saying, here's something uncommon you can do. You can prepare while others are playing. You can save while others are spending. You can work while others are wasting time. You can learn while others are loafing. You can study while others are being entertained. You have to move opposite the crowd. Move opposite the crowd to be And then notice in this verse, notice it says, and in verse 20, Daniel chapter 1, verse 20, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better, ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. Ten times better, ten times better. What that says to us is, whatever you spend time on, and work on will get better. Whatever you spend time on, whatever you put focus and energy and work, whatever you emphasize, whatever you put your emphasis on, that's what will get better. That's what will get better. They were 10 times better, but that's what they focused on. That's exactly what they focused on. They were 10 times better. The favor of God was on their lives. They were 10 times better. So, it lets us know whatever you spend time on, whatever you work on, will get better in your life. Whatever you spend time on, whatever you put your focus and emphasis on, that's what will get better. Whatever you focus on expands in your life. That's the principle we see here. Here, they were 10 times better. They were uncommon because they spent their time on something worthwhile. Here are some things you should spend your time on, some high-value uses of your time. Spend your time on things that will advance your life purpose. You want to spend your time on things that will cause you to grow to your maximum potential. You want to spend your time on things that will harness your creativity. You want to spend your time on things that will add value to yourself and to others. You want to spend your time in prevention, in preparation. You want to spend your time in planning. You want to spend your time on things that are now or never opportunities. It's a good use of your time. You want to spend your time on things you always wanted to do so you don't die with any regrets. Things you always wanted to do. You always wanted to do. Spend your time on those things, things you always wanted to do. I recently had the opportunity, my youngest daughter, she's 12 years old, and she has turned into quite a bookworm to say the least and so she's a voracious reader avid reader she reads about two to three books a week and i'm talking about thick books 300 page books and so she's fascinated with books her idea of enjoyment is going to a bookstore that's her idea of enjoyment so if she earns a outing her choice is to go to a bookstore Her choice is to go to a bookstore and buy books. That's her hobby. It's what she does for fun. And so recently I was telling her, I said, you know, your dad has been to the largest bookstore in the U.S. And her eyes lit up. And I began to tell her about Powell's Books. I was actually with Pastor Nathaniel and some guys, and we were in Portland, Oregon, and we went to the largest bookstore in America. So I was telling my little girl about it. Her eyes lit up. And she wanted to go, she wanted to go. She said, I must go to the largest bookstore in in America. She said, I must, I must. (laughs) And then I shared an article with her also about the 10 most fascinating bookstores in the U.S., Because I didn't really want to go back to Portland, Oregon, so I was trying to sway her to go to some other, (laughs) some other. I was trying to sway her to go to some other nice places. So I was like, "Hey, let me check this out. These are the ten most fascinating bookstores in the U.S. Why don't we check out?" Well, she went here, (laughs) she said, "I want to go to the largest bookstore in America." (laughs) And so, just this week, we planned a trip to take her to the largest bookstore in America. And to satisfy me, what she and my wife did, they found other bookstores on the most fascinating list that I had sent them that were in some other nice places. (laughs) So we were able to cover all of them on one trip. But I thought about this because one of the things here I was talking about is one of the high value uses of your time is to Do something you've always wanted to do. Put your time in things that you always wanted to do. And so, this is something my daughter always wanted to do. Even though she's 12, she's always wanted to do this. She's always wanted to visit fascinating bookstores. And she had an opportunity to go on a bookstore journey. And A.V., if you can pull up the pictures, I I brought some pictures back just to show you. This is Powell's Bookstore in Portland, Oregon. That's the largest bookstore in the U.S. It takes up a full city block. It has about five stories of books, five levels of books. Took us two days to go through it. Two days. And that's my little girl holding up her. She has a t-shirt to prove that she's been (laughs) there. (laughs) She has the t-shirt to prove it. Now, this is the next bookstore we went to. We went to another bookstore in California. This this one is called The Last Bookstore. The Last Bookstore. And it's called The Last Bookstore because they thought this would be the last bookstore once Amazon took over books. They thought this would be the last physical bookstore in the U.S. And so they named it The Last Bookstore. And It's very fascinating. It's a very fascinating place. Probably the most unusual bookstore I've ever been in in my life. Extremely fascinating. I think that was called The Danger Room. It was dangerous to go in there, (laughs) but it was very artistic. Very artistic. They did some really weird things with books, but it was an artistic bookstore. The last bookstore, that's in California and And then we, also in California, we went to actually the last wall in the last bookstore. That's the last wall in the last bookstore. So that was the last wall in the last bookstore. (laughs) There's another bookstore we went to called Skylight, Skylight Bookstore. And they have a tree right in the middle of the bookstore. And they have beautiful skylights right in the center of the bookstore. And so we had a chance to that. So my daughter was just in heaven. She was just in heaven as we went from bookstore to bookstore. Her dream was coming true. And so that's a good high quality, high value use of your time. Do something that you always wanted to do. Do something you always wanted to do. Do something you always wanted to do. You're worth it. You're worth it, and it's part of life's experience, and you owe it to yourself for stopping you. Do something that you always wanted to do. And I told my daughter, I said, you know, we don't have to go across the world to all these bookstores. I said, when we looked at the list, there are actually two or three in Atlanta. Two or three of the most fascinating bookstores are actually in Atlanta. So I said, we'll save money and go to those. <laughs> I said, Daddy, I'll drive you all over Atlanta. <laughs> so we're going to be hitting some of the fascinating bookstores right here in Atlanta. But that's the principle. That's the principle. That's a high quality use of your time. Value of your time is to do something you've always wanted to do. And I'm going to close with this. But I just wanted to share some of the uncommon things I noticed about these. Young men, Daniel and these other three young men, his friends, I noticed that they had an uncommon commitment. I noticed that they had an uncommon diet. I noticed that they had uncommon discipline. I noticed that they had uncommon friendship. I noticed that they had uncommon faith. I noticed that they had uncommon integrity. I noticed that they had uncommon learning. I noticed that they had an uncommon attitude. Here they were in captivity but they were the top scholars. They were the top learners in captivity. Now, they could have been in captivity with their lip poked out. They could have been in captivity saying, We're not learning anything for you all. No, they were learning new languages. They were learning new customs. They were learning information about this new kingdom. They were learning, so let me know that their mind was open to learning new things. They were willing to expand their comfort zone. They were willing to take on new tasks. So there was a spirit of adventure about them, which was uncommon. It was uncommon. They were so eager. They were so eager. They were better than everyone else. That's how eager they were to learn. Said a lot about their attitude. They had an uncommon Devotion. They had an uncommon devotion to God. Uncommon devotion to God. Now all these things I noticed that they were uncommon in led to exceptional skill, wisdom, favor, leadership, faith, protection, destiny, and honor. And we'll stop right there and we'll get into some of these things. But man, I'm just learning so much and I'm loving the biblical example that we have that God speaks to us today. The uncommon favor that he has released upon his people and that we can glean something from these young men and it'll rub off on us and we too can walk into these uncommon traits the way they did. Praise God. I'm excited about it. And even more so because you got to realize this was before Christ came. And now we have a favor that's been released after Christ. We're in Christ. We have the favor of the Son they were sons, but we have these sons. And so God has bestowed his uncommon favor on us. And so there's so much that's locked in the book of Daniel for us today. And I just love reading the Old Testament with New Testament lenses and allowing God to speak to us today. You're uncommon. You're not average. You're not mediocre. You are uncommon. You are uncommon. And you are better. You are better. Your life is getting better. You will do things. Your life will be better. You will be better. That's our inheritance. It's who we are. It's who God empowers us to be. It's what he gives us. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand for his word. I'm excited about that. Praise God. Amen. 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 Those of you watching us by television, I want you to go to brothersoftheword.com. You can listen to this series, Uncommon Favor, absolutely free of charge in its entirety. and You can also email it to a friend. Thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to Brothersoftheword.com. This was part four of the series titled Uncommon Favor by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7911. That's 7911. To listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 7911 to a friend, go to Brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothers of the word.com often because, brother, you need word. the word.